welcome to the James Gomez podcast for my take on issues that affect you and me. Before I begin, just a gentle reminder that I'm on social media and you can like and leave comments there. I'm James Gomez and you are listening to my take on racial discrimination and hate speech in Singapore. In this episode, I'm going to explain why it's important to go beyond racial discrimination and look at hate speech issues in Singapore, provide you a definition of what is hate speech, place it in the current context of racial discrimination issues that have come up onto the scene, identify the policy gaps, and think through some workable solutions on how we can move forward on this issue. Hate speech arises from policies that further accentuate differences in society. And as these differences become stark, there are increased tendencies to engage in hate speech against minority groups, usually by majority groups that feel entitled to dominate. This is not only triggered by racial and religious differences, but also by other differences. Hence, it's important to understand what are the various forms of hate speech. To equate hate speech only with racial triggers is not a complete understanding of the situation. We need to widen our understanding of what triggers hate speech. There is no widely accepted international definition of hate speech as hate speech keeps changing in form in various situations. Rather than prohibiting hate speech as such, international law prohibits the incitement of discrimination. Incitement is a very dangerous form of hate speech because it may lead to hostility, violence, and other atrocious crimes. Numerous forms of hate speech aren't forbidden because of the overlap with freedom of expression. In most countries, there is a law within the constitution which protects freedom of speech. This forms part of the tension between hate speech and freedom of expression, and that's why limits on speech are often put forward as possible solutions in such instances. We often talk about hate speech in public, but we have to keep in mind that it can also happen in private conversations. There are four types of hate speech. The first one is the one that is commonly known that we refer to when we speak about race and religion. And this is the form of hate speech that we are witnessing often in Singapore and also in many parts of the world. The other form of hate speech that has slowly been increasing in Singapore is hate speech towards foreign nationals, primarily targeted migrant workers and to a lesser extent in refugees not in Singapore, but certainly across the border in Malaysia. Third is hate speech according to the political values and ideology that people hold. Again, this is something that has always been in Singapore, but not articulated. We often see this, you know, coming out to play during elections, as well as more recently over the online social media. Last but not least, is hate speech directed at gender and sexual minorities. This has often sometimes been conflated also under 
other types of hate speech such as race and religion, nationality, and political ideology and values. One of the current developments in Singapore is related to people voicing their opinions on the Comprehensive Economic Cooperation Agreement or CECA. Singaporeans believe that the CECA has caused an over-concentration of Indian nationals who have unconditional access to immigration privileges and are, quote, stealing jobs from the locals. While attempts have been made to debunk these concerns, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has led to fears that the CEC is allowing foreigners to continue to enter Singapore with ease, therefore also contributing to further infections um, in Singapore. A Facebook group calling for the abolishment of the CECA, which amassed over 6,000 members, was eventually shut down for alleged racism. It is important to note here that not all criticisms of CECA are from a racist lens. Many have been calling out such policies out of a fear of the pandemic or as well as social economic concerns. However, due to the racialized lens of discourse in Singapore, critics of such policies are often assumed to be under the guise of racism. There are, of course, many more examples of uh, racialized discourse and racist tendencies in Singapore. Uh, but however, at this stage, uh, let me just uh, go into looking at what are the gaps or problems that gives rise to these kinds of discourses in Singapore. First is the failure to acknowledge and recognize that Singapore is a host to a racist system and culture. This arises from legislation and policies as well as long-held prejudices that result in the current state of racial discrimination faced by minorities. Rather, the response to instances of hate speech is increasingly just blamed on the pandemic frustrations and the ability for people to express themselves freely on social media rather than recognizing that this is a structural and prejudicial problem. Measures to promote uh, harmony in Singapore are often divisive in nature and the burden is always placed on minority communities. And they are the ones paying the extra price uh, in order to ensure racial harmony or facilitate tolerance. Race-based legislation and policies continue to further accentuate differences between various races also contributing to discrimination and hate speech. There are many examples such as the ethnic self-group listing of race on identity card, the ethnic integration policy for the HDB flats, whose composition of residents has become increasingly more and more plural. Finally, the state itself and the People's Action Party in particular shoulder the responsibility of promoting racial hatred. I mean, the party has never distanced itself from the remarks of Lee Kuan Yew or some of its politicians who on multiple occasions share views often discriminatory and prejudicial to minority communities in Singapore. Finally, the current legislation does not cover new forms of hate speech that I have identified earlier, such as those against foreign nationals, 
people with different sexual orientation, gender, and political values and ideology. So what are some of the solutions we can consider? Well, we can begin by recognizing the new forms of hate speech and to move beyond race and religion. One way to do that would be to remove ethnic identity markers in the ID and other official documents and to ensure that policies tackle discrimination at their root causes instead of facilitating prejudice and stereotypes in society. Legislation to tackle hate speech cannot limit freedom of expression. If hate speech and free speech are well defined, to ensure hate speech exists outside the domain of free speech, then such solutions should be considered. We should promote better understanding between groups and counter hate speech while aggressively investigating and prosecuting hate crimes. One way to do this would be to bring a national action plan against discrimination, making people realize that minorities are not threats. Another way to counter hate speech is by encouraging the victims to report it. Hate speech remains mostly invisible because victims don't know where to report the cases or sometimes even understand that they are victims of it. And finally, we all should do our part by calling out racism or any form of discrimination and hate speech in Singapore so that we recognize that this problem exists. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the James Gomez Podcast. It was great to have you here. Follow me on social media and join me next time when I discuss other issues that concern you and me.